0: okay I'm not gonna I'll value your time of course so here's the thing about me um in this job this is what year three here year seven full-time ministry um I already I, I always know when number one we're gonna have a third of the people we normally have and I always know when you guys are gonna have no energy because I come in here rocking <laughs> and like did you see we we're pulling up and I was mm, listening to heavy metal Alex is like you sound so angry <laughs> I was like they're singing about God but I, I'm jacked up. I don't, in other words, I don't need your energy. And every time I come in here and I don't need your energy, it's because you're not going to have any. And the days I come in here and I'm like, ugh, you guys. That's what you really pour into me. So I've got you covered. Don't worry. Y'all look like a bunch of sloths today anyway. So not They're cute, but they're sluggish. All right, let's, let's do it, man. Um, oh, by the way, I also know that the enemy probably kept a lot of people from hearing this message because this is an amazing message that everyone in this room is going to need. So... Thanks, Brian. <laughs> appreciate you, even if you're a Patriots fan. We do, no, we do, we do appreciate Brian. Give Brian a round of applause. That's Brian Krawczyk, that's K <laughs> they're, they're already on. Hi, everybody. Uh, oh, good morning, everyone. Good morning. That's what we do, right? Good morning, everybody watching and listening online. I was just saying to my favorite people here that, uh, that this is a message uh, I'm excited to give. Um, I'm still processing through it, of course. But um, everybody in this room is, needs this. I know that for a fact. So how's the audio, Brian? good? So Valentine's Day came and went, right? Yes, okay. Well, the whole message is going to come out of this right here. She laughs. Don't laugh. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, seriously, this is our whole message. message. Yes, my, my wife made that for me. No, it's a joke, guys. Behave, because there's not people who used to have to behave. All right, no, this is... Uh, Alex, my six-year-old boy gave this to me I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old and this is what we saw okay and this is a happy Valentine's Day dad and then if you open it this is the whole message today guys it says in writing that of course I needed a little bit of help with okay dude's dude's schooling in kindergarten you know but it says um, when things are bad you fight for good you truly are a hero Oh, no, that's what he said. You help us up when we fail. You are a super dad. <laughs> and on the back, it says, Daddy, have a super Valentine's. Now, can we just notice he did a theme, stuck with the theme, and created the whole card? Okay, and my whole message comes from this. That's, this is my favorite thing I've ever received in my life. You can take that guitar. You can take my favorite firearms. This will stay with me forever. That is amazing. But here's the problem. As I read those words, they bounced off of me a bit. You're a super dad, you truly are a hero. And you know what, I all I could think of was that I think I might spend too much time on my phone throughout the day when I'm with them and how sometimes I have a short temper with them and sometimes I use my voice to, to control them. And I think about all my failures. Hey Eric, good to see you. Oh, don't look at him, just come on guys, stay with me. Jeez, a bunch of two year olds. So all this super dad, you're a hero, you truly are good, bounced right off of me. And I was sitting in my office, and the sunlight was out. I love just looking. I like closing my eyes when the sun comes. I don't know. It's a very heavenly sort of thing. And I realized this. That's a problem. Because here I have, I, I stay at home with the kids, and I've got this job. And this is like my life. And, and my, my, my six-year-old with no agenda said to me a really nice compliment, and I couldn't receive that. Do you, do you see where maybe that might be falling short of my best life? And I thought to myself, that, that could be an issue. Now, here's the thing. Now. Whether or not I receive that, it's true to him, isn't it? His truth is, you're my hero, dad. You're a super dad. And so it gets to the point where logically, can I argue that? Do you see what I'm trying to say? I got to do something with it is what I'm trying to say. If I can't receive it, but he means it, we got a problem because something's got to be done with it. Now, brought us to, me, me to this message today. Most of us don't know how to properly and honestly receive acceptance, praise, and encouragement. And that's our message today. That's why I've got the energy and you guys don't. Like I said. And this is what's happening to me. Dad, to me, to my world and my existence, this is truth. And I and and, and something in me would not receive it. I got the acceptance part. You know, he and I are best pals. We get that, I get that. But the praise and encouragement, there's a short circuit there. And I know this is serious business because life is going to be a lot less bright and wonderful than we were created for if I stay this way. And truth is, let's switch it to us, we will be unable to receive those things. If we can't receive them from people, we'll be unable to receive them from God. And if we don't receive those things, walking with him is nearly impossible. I'm going to say that again because I screwed it up a little bit. If we can't grow into receiving acceptance, praise, and encouragement from people, We're not going to be able to receive it from God, and walking with him will be nearly impossible. Do we get that? If I struggled to receive, I'd struggle to receive a child's heartfelt, again, no strings, naive praise, and it revealed that I I struggled to receive these things from God as well. And if I'm being honest, most days my cup, my metaphorical cup there, is nearly empty of praise and encouragement. But it is full of self-doubt and discouragement. And here's what I realized. That's because that's what I've allowed to be put in there. Or what I've put in there. So years ago, let me just tell you my story a little bit before I get into any sort of teaching a little bit here. Years ago, I was hanging out with uh, my cousin Shauna around Spring Street here in Norwood on the water. And Pete and I were goofing around. I think we were fishing near the dam or something or throwing a football. And um, I said something to Pete. I'm so blessed to have a really, really best friend, you know, that we can just share our hearts. And I said to him, I said, why, I don't know how it came up, but I said, Pete, why does nobody like, say nice things to me? Why does nobody ever give me compliments? And he didn't miss a beat. And it's a true thing. And he goes, You don't let us. Went, huh? And again, you ever notice you know somebody's true when they get right back to you? Like, you didn't even think about that. Like, if you had that one loaded, like, so why doesn't anybody ever compliment me or say nice things that you don't, you don't let us? And here's what I realized. I kind of flashed back throughout my life, and I realized that it's absolutely true. I'll tell you a story about last week. On the way home from church, um I, I i did a really deft which is a word that's going out of style move in uh in, in traffic near the taco bell i'm just trying to see it my somebody pulled out and of course they weren't paying attention and blah 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 so i kind of anticipated three different things went in out came around like that and alex is like he's in the back seat and i go you see that that was awesome <laughs> and alex goes i was gonna say that and i went you were gonna what he said i was gonna say that that was awesome daddy the way you avoided that person near taco bell i went I complimented me so quickly he didn't give him a chance to, and I missed an opportunity. Now, I know you think I'm derailing, I'm not. Here's what I realized. Growing up and not having a cheerleader or someone to say, that was awesome, good job, I developed it myself. Do you see what I'm saying? If I would hit that golf shot, I don't play golf, but let's say I did. Wow, what a shot! Because somewhere along the lines, I realized that if I didn't say it, nobody was gonna. Do you see what I mean? And a guy named James Dobson, too, was talking about it a long time ago. He grew up without a dad. And um, his story is that's, that's, you know, if he didn't have the need, he came up with it. He created it himself. And I'm not complaining today because I said last week we have to love people honest, honestly. You have to look at mom and dad and accept them for what they are and what they are not and then choose to love them through it, right? You don't just go, they were great. They were perfect. No, they're not. And you don't go, they're all evil either. I don't know your story, but they're a person. That's all I'm saying. Well, in my story, I didn't have anybody to say. Nice job, AJ. I had someone there ready to criticize, but I didn't have, and so, so, so I kind of developed it. Now, that's not, that's my personality. You might not have that same personality where you become vocal and become your own cheerleader. You might have the personality where you just learned to live without it. A couple of you are on board with me, and I talked about how receiving uh, acceptance... Praise and encouragement is really really important in our walks with god despite what past church experiences have told you probably some of us have just learned to live without it and i'm telling you this i'm not judging your situation i'm certainly not judging your upbringing but i'm telling you this it's holding us back it's holding us back and like i said i know everybody needs this i know this and i talk a lot about god's acceptance around here And let me set the record straight uh, on the behind me i put it on the wall is how much i believe in this obviously it's john jesus came from the father full of grace and truth and if you read the bible for yourself what you will see is this balance between grace and truth you'll see it when god was on the mountain and you think he's big and mean and angry you'll still see grace there if you look and you'll see it in jesus who walks along and touches the people who no one else would touch but you see truth there too. You see grace and truth always walked out. Now, here's what I see. I see a precise picture of God's adoption process. I see that through faith in Christ, we are saved, not of ourselves. I'm basically quoting right there. It is a free gift that comes. Now, again, some of our previous church experiences will, uh, will come against this, but I'm telling you, I've studied the Bible since I was 17 years old, and I see this. Once adopted, there is not an option for God to bring you back to the orphanage. In fact, at the times of the writing, whether it be Greek in the New Testament or Hebrew in the Old, when there was an adoption process, which you'll get a hint of in the parable of the, uh, the, the of prodigal son, you'll see that once family, always family. And yet church came along and said, are you good today? You're good. You're good. You're family. Are you bad today? You're not family. I don't see God taking all these trips to the orphanage. Bad boy okay, bad, okay, I see God following us around with grace and truth and acceptance, and it's always there, and here's the crazy part of all this, and this is why I'm doing this, is because in that acceptance is your power to live the godly life, do you understand, you don't fight for victory, you fight from victory, I don't fight to be loved, I fight because I'm loved, and that empowers me to pursue truth, because I receive grace, I can pursue truth, do you follow what I'm saying? Okay, cool. Because some of you, again, you went to buildings with big stained glass windows and it was beautiful and God was a million miles away. And you thought, if only I could please him. And, God's, and Jesus says this. I'm laboring on this because someone in this room there too needs this. Ready? <laughs> how, how do you receive the kingdom? Jesus says, you can do one of two things. You can keep all the commandments perfectly. The law. And the guy says, I've done that, Jesus. <laughs> you remember what I'm talking about? And he's like, well, you, here's another thing, blah, 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 blah. So here's what Jesus points out to us. You can either keep all the rules perfectly and go to heaven and say, God, move over. There's two of us on the throne now. That was specifically for the two of you, that joke. Or you can receive what Jesus did, which is live perfectly, keep all the commands, and receive by faith his record. Do we understand that? Let me know, guys. I want to build upon this. There's the acceptance part of it all. And a lot of us believe, I've even heard uh, in certain circumstances, greasy grace. If you use the word greasy grace, you don't know what grace is. You don't know. You're singing someone else's tune when you sing amazing grace. You don't know it. Because if you think grace is, gre- grace is greasy, then you don't understand that acceptance pushes you on to godly living. So don't let anybody knock you out of that. Don't let anybody knock you out of that. Nope, you're not good anymore. No, know, you're just as loved as you were on your best day and on your worst day. In fact, you know what? Let's do Psalm 3-3, please. No crap i didn't do get off that one for a minute please i'm sorry i wanted to do the one where it says on your worst day christ died for us while we were still sinners christ died for us i said it last week which means that one day where aj was at his lowest and farthest away from god where i did not care about him i did not believe in him i was doing everything i wanted to do that's when jesus said him the really messy one aj yeah i I would die for him On that day, Jesus, like my worst day when I'm literally like cussing you out and don't believe you exist, yes. And so what makes you think he's gonna throw you out, kick you off, stop being faithful to you because of your behavior? You have to get that because you can't put walls on a broken foundation. And right now I want to build the walls. So I'm not gonna rattle off a ton of scripture. I'm not gonna do that. I mean, obviously we gotta get that. So moving on to praise and encouragement. Some of us can realize we're accepted. But to think that God would look at you and praise you, you're not there. And I'm working through it, too. I couldn't even take a card from a kid. Come on. (laughs) An encouragement, too. So here's the thing. What do you think? Stay with me. What do you think God thinks when he thinks about you? He says the Lord. But let's make it. Listen, now, don't take this the wrong way. But sometimes scripture can bounce off you too. So I'm going to use scripture today, obviously, because it's the word of God. But I also want to give you maybe in your own language. Don't church it up. I'm going to ask the question again. Think about it. Think about creator God who lit the sun, who colored the grass green. Think about him thinking about you, your name. What does God think about you? You see what I'm saying? And again, I, want, I could rattle off you're wonderfully and fearfully made. It's true. I could say this before I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you, says God. Those are true. But can we be honest for a second? And those scriptures sometimes bounce off of us, right? And they sound like for somebody else at times. So I'm going to do, again, they can't get through like Alex's card. So I'm going to choose a different scripture. Let's do Psalm 3, 3. But I want to do a visual picture for this. God has given me the ability to take complicated things and put them in, 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 in personal colloquial language. That's what I do. Thou, O oh Lord, I'm giving you from the King James because I want the tents here. You're a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of mine head. Now, listen, I don't normally do the King James if, if you're a guest here today, but I just wanted you to see, because King James is the only one that says, the lifter of my head. The other ones say, you lift my head. And what I need today is God is a lifter of our heads. Now, I uh, I wanted to take a picture for this, but uh, let me see where that is. Hold on. When I hear lifter of my head, here's what I want you to understand. I get the idea of my six- and three-year-olds. And if they do something they don't think is great, what do they do? They hang their heads. If I can't do this puzzle, Daddy. Uh, he, before this card, I had him make one for Mama when she was coming home from work, Valentine's card, and he started it, and it didn't come out the way he wanted to. And the first thing he did was this. This isn't going to work, Daddy. I did it backwards. He hung his head. Of course, we just redid it and all that. But you know who also hangs their head? Kids will also hang their head when they own a thought that they're not good enough, that they don't measure up, or that they aren't praiseworthy. The first thing a kid will do, right? Heads will go down. They'll do that. I'm just not that good at it, Daddy. Or I'm just not that fast. I'm not that smart. Uh, Do we get the visual picture? And what is God longing to be for us? He wants to be the one who says yes. You are. There's so much about you that I love. God wants to, when he thinks about you, to say, I could compliment and talk about you for hours and hours and hours. Lift your head. You following me? Now, there's a reason I couldn't find a picture I want to use. Go ahead and show me this picture. Here's the picture we would get in our heads, right? Here's the lifter of our head. Perfect, right? No, I don't like it. Get it off the screen. Get rid of it. You want to know when I lift my kid's head? I don't lift my kid's head from here. This is where I lift my kid's head. Come here. Face to face. Do you know that? Parenting is done in your knees. Both prayer and eye to eye. I get right down with my kid and I say, you lift your head up. I don't do it from a place of authority and far away. That's the other churches with the big windows. That'll tell you, you reach down and lift your head. No, no, this is the gentle whisper. This is Holy Spirit who gets right in your face and says, don't you dare think you're less than you are. Lift your head you follow me? That's why I don't want to see that picture. Get this idea of big, far away God. No. Now, many of us are not only uncomfortable with this, but we think, um, and, and, and maybe it's because we didn't have it or whatever, and we don't know what to do with the praise. But a lot of us think it's pride, too, if we get into this. If we start thinking about God saying, hey, there's things I like about you, and you're good at this or whatever, we start to think, look, Pride. And we have a, r- a wrong idea of pride, and we hide behind that. And it's a lie that we believe in, I believe. It's an ungodly belief. Listen to me. We've talked about this a while ago, but true or false, you can talk it out loud or just nod or whatever. I don't really need you to participate, but inside of yourself. Me acknowledging good things about me or things I've done, is that pride? Okay, good. Some of you say no. Some of you think yes. Um, acknowledging a skill or talent I have, is that pride? Some of us think so excuse me I'm sorry um, someone else acknowledging good things about me or th- uh, things I've done or talents I have is that pride and I spent the whole message proving to you no absolutely not that's not pride that is definitely not what God opposes that is not being proud is it wrong that someone else acknowledges things in me and I receive it no I don't think so some of us, but some of us use that lie to stay far away from God allowing God to lift us up and compliment us well, I just can't receive that. All oh, shocks, and your your power is robbed under the guise of pride, and it's it's garbage. We have to allow God to lift our heads to be the lifter of our heads, you guys. I've told you uh, things before. I told you. Um, well, I told you this one other time. One of the hardest things I've had to do. I had a class in college, and I did it because I thought it would be easy. Turned out to be really hard. Uh, I went to Plattsburgh, and I went to an acting class. And I thought, well, I was in off-Broadway musicals from 8 to 12. Of course, I was a way different person at that time. Well, honestly, uh, my brokenness came forward. Because one of the things she made us do, some of you introverts are going to shudder at even just the thought of this, but there 35 people in the class. And they were all, and she would line them all up on a line, like a gym class or something. And each person, she'd go, John, come here. John would stand here, hands to your sides, don't do anything, stand there. Okay. Don't mock around, don't turn away, don't close your eyes. Okay. And then everyone on the line would start applauding. They would look at you and they would applaud and go, well, yeah. And then the applause would get louder and louder and louder. Do you know how hard it was to stand there and just receive applause? Isn't that terrifying to some of you? And they're like, yeah, you're the best. We love you. And, ah. So some of us want to goof, like, yeah, okay. That's called deflection. Lots of people use humor to deflect emotions they don't want to deal with. <laughs> you don't have to look so guilty, certain people. I wasn't looking at you. Other people want to do this and deny it and deflect it, right? But she made lift your head. She'd be like this. Look, stop, look. Every person had to go through this exercise. Can I tell you, every person's face was red as a beet and stood there because we do not know how to receive praise. And I got, I got news for you. Certain people in the, in the Bible knew how to receive praise and acceptance from God, and it was their strength and power. If that made you cringe, then we, <laughs> I'm giving you the right message right now, guys. But here's the, thing about, here's the thing about praise, though. Don't you want your kids to receive it? See what I do? I knew that becoming a parent helps us because if we can't get it for ourselves, we can learn through how we treat our kids. So let me ask you. I say this. I, I call Alex. I say handsome. I call him Henshi. But anyway. I say to him, you're so handsome. I, I say to Izzy, I say, you're so smart. You're so funny. Now they're probably like, yeah, dad, whatever. Like one day you're going to value that daddy took the time. to actually pick on them. I go, it must be so hard to have mommy and daddy who love you so much. I go, what's that like, Alex? And he goes, well, there's lots of hugs and kisses. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, first world problems. Tough life, huh? But anyway, don't you want your kids to stand there and receive it? Come here. You're so smart, big guy. Don't you want them to receive it? So does your father in heaven, dude. Come here. Marty, I am so proud of you. I love you so much. You're so strong and you're so resilient and on and on and on. And even then we won't. <laughs> yeah. And you wonder why we don't have power, right? We're still fighting for this push and pull. What does God think about when he thinks about you? I gave you some of those things for Marty. That's exactly for you. Let me love you, says God. Let me love you. And we want that with our kids. Listen to what I'm saying. You deserve this, you know? And we we know our children need it. We do. But I want you to hear something, guys. Every person hearing my voice, if God, if you could hear from him or one of his employees, which would be me, is this. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of compliments. You really are. And we've got to make the choice that we're not, not going to let them bounce off of us anymore. What I did in that office was I, I read it. It welled up in me and made me uncomfortable, and I stuck in it. I stuck in it. Do you understand? I went back to it, and I said, your son thinks you're a hero and that you fight for good, take that in. I don't want to cry right now. Too bad. Take that in. Do you get it? What makes you think life is going to be easy, people? The good things in life are damn hard. And the best things in life are hard to receive. That's why marriage is so bloody hard. Intimacy with another person is ridiculous. It's the point. It's right in your face. It's hard. It's nearly impossible. And so we got to receive this stuff, man. Stay in it. Stay in it we got to be able to receive this and let God lift our head. Now, let me ask you this. You sure receive criticisms, don't you? Ya? you all good at that, aren't you? You're good at receiving that one thing someone said and keeping it with you for years. And yet you don't have the ability to take in something nice somebody says and actually own it? It's our brokenness that creates us this way. I don't expect you to listen to this message and change. I expect you to take this message and then take it to God and go, me too. Me too, Father. I struggle with this, and I, and I want to feel that now. So this is one of those that you're going to need to pray out. I'm here to convince you of your need for it. My next point is this. My final thought on this is this. We receive God's acceptance. We receive his praise, his compliments, his thoughts about us individually, right? But we also need to receive his encouragement. We really do. As the lifter of our head, he not only speaks value upon us, but you ready for this? And this might not be popular. Let me put out my theology first. God also believes in you. Do you know that? And this is such a foreign concept to everyone in this room. I know that. He wants to lift your head because God believes in you. Now, before you think, no, he doesn't, let me, let me, let me show you something. God is cheering and rooting for every, everybody in this room and every area of our lives. <sighs> imagine Jesus encouraging someone to do something that they really didn't think they could do. Could you imagine that? Oh, wait, I have a few examples, actually. And again, I'm not going to show you scripture because you know what you'll do? Scripture can even become something you hide behind. Did you know that? Because of familiarity. So here's what I say. I see God shows up. It's Jesus in the burning bush, by the way. Make no mistake. He shows us that in the book of John. And he says, Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. Go, do, go tell Pharaoh this, this, and this. First thing Moses says is his self-doubts, right? But God, I've received criticism from over here. I don't speak so well. I'm not brave I'm and what does Jesus say to him Jesus is the voice of the burning bush and he says this essentially go do this lifts his head and said you can do this go back and look at the story yes it's God glorifying but let me just pick this for a minute he shows up there's this guy threshing wheat somewhere or whatever on a threshing floor and he says you come here mighty man Me? I'm not a mighty man. I've received that I'm the least in my kingdom. Was that last week I showed that here? Gideon? And what what does God say to him? He says, you know, the Midianites, blah, blah, blah. You can do it. Let go of my strength. You can do it. I believe in you. Do you see that? Peter, come here. You're a fisherman, huh? You're good? I believe in you. You're going to be a fisher of men. I believe in you, Peter. And then uh, Peter jacks it all up. Jesus says to him again, while cooking him fish, hey i believe in you peter feed my sheep i believe in you see we've all missed the humanity sometimes in the bible god is saying you can do this in my strength and yes god doesn't share glory and all that just stop for a second and see that people were asked to do something they couldn't do and god looked at them lifted their heads and said i believe in you come here mary oh you're highly favored you're gonna do something that you can't even comprehend you're going to give birth to the one who, who designed your nervous system. What? I believe in you. And every single one of us today, God is saying to you, I believe in you. He's on the sidelines of our lives as our cheerleader. And for some reason, we've gotten this far in life and never realized God's shouting, you can be the parent you want to be. I believe in you. You're going to get there. I believe in you. You know, you're going to have happiness again. We're going to work that out. And you're going to be able to receive it this time. I believe in you. God is shouting this from the, from the sidelines. And some of us grew up without it. And therefore, we don't know how to receive it. But guess what? God can give us a heart, a tender heart of flesh where there was a heart of stone, right? And that's a picture of this. Stone doesn't feel. Stone doesn't receive. Flesh does. God is giving us a heart where we can receive his acceptance. Every day, wake up and go, I'm going to heaven. I get to go live with him no matter what choices I make today. Settled. I'm going to choose good choices. Number two, we can receive praise and compliments from God. You know, God thinks that I'm resilient. God God thinks I'm whatever it may be. And number three, like I said, we can receive encouragement from him. Keep going. You can do it. I know you're in a tough job right now, but I know you can keep it it going. Just a little while longer, you can do this. I know you've got tough family members you've got to deal with in a bad situation, but you can do it. I believe in you. I believe in you. Elijah is exhausted. Literally ask God to kill him. Depression is in the Bible. It is a real problem. And you know what God does? He doesn't beat him up. He doesn't tell him to pray harder. He makes him food. Do you understand that? Elijah says, kill me, I want to die. He's literally suicidal. Really, depression, manic, whatever it may be, highs and lows. And God, what does he do? Cooks him food. And essentially said, there's a journey in front of you. Here's some food to strengthen you. And by the way, Elijah, I believe in you. Isn't this amazing? How do we miss this for all these years? There's a balance, guys. So here's what I want to show you before we close. I didn't want to make a visual picture because I'm not great at it and have the handwriting of a chimpanzee, as you all know. So pretend I have a wheel here, a cycle, because I want to show you a cycle that we've short-circuited by not understanding this. So God chooses the job, the person that needs to be done. He sets the person where they need to be. Do you know that you were designed to be in your family? You might not think so. You might think mom and dad made the decision or, oh, it didn't work out. Or like me, one of my parents chose not to raise me. So you're tempted to look at God and say mistake. And he's going, no, I chose you for that. I chose you to be his brother. I chose you to be his. Do you see what I'm saying? You're right where you need to be. So here's you, boop, popped into where you are right now. And here's how that wheel starts going. I step into it. I rely on his goodness and strength. And God is shouting encouragement. He's lifting my head. He's the wind beneath my wings, as Bette Midler would say, right? I soar on I willfully step into the next thing that he gives me he encourages me empowers me I keep stepping and the wheel goes job encouragement job encouragement job encouragement job encouragement every single character in the Bible has done that get a task God pushes them through get a task encourage me get a task encouragement and you know, you see the ones who get it f- faster David who in strength goes what nothing can take me down God tells me I'm mighty <laughs> Goliath You're tiny compared to God. He got it. Do you understand that? He got God's acceptance. He got God's praise. And he got his encouragement. David knew. I got five stones because there's five giants over there. Look that one up. I've taught you that before. But he knew God was right there going, get him. Get him, big guy. Get him. Right? And all the other, no, this is impossible. God's encouraging him. And you know what? I might not be the dad I want to be, but I got to receive this. God is encouraging me. Go get him, AJ do it. You can do it. You can be the dad that you picture that maybe you didn't have. You can do it. Single parent, you can do it. You think it's a mess. You think everything's burning and on fire around you. You're just the person for the job. I chose you to be there, mom. I chose you for that. You can do it. And the rest of the world might shout, you can't, but the voice of truth is on the side saying this. You're accepted. You're loved. You have everything you need to do what you need to do. God didn't make any mistakes. You just have to discover it in here. Do you see that? I know this is good. Y'all don't need to act like it is. (laughs) It is a loop. But we need to learn to receive his encouragement. And again, if you come from a works-based faith, you're already done in the water. You're dead. Dead right in the water. Flat tires trying to go up a hill. No way. God loves AJ so much, dude. If I was the only person on the planet, he would have died for me. You think that's pride? It's truth. And that's what gives me the courage to do the next thing. Do you know how scared I was when she drove away and I was a stay-at-home dad for the first time? It was scary for the first time, but when she left me with a colicky baby and a three-year-old, I thought, no, no way. As it turns out, Izzy had a, a, a dairy allergy. Some of y'all know, you know. She cried. She, she took two naps for 10 minutes as a baby, and she just cried the rest of the time. We didn't realize her stomach was so messed up. So that was a, that was a tough day. But you know what? If I look to the left in the spiritual realm, you know what I would have seen? You can do it, buddy. I've made you the dad you need to be. You can do it. I believe in you, AJ. Thanks, God, but this is getting real hard. Oh, I know that. I didn't say it would be easy. <laughs> but I said I believe in you. Just keep going. You got this, man. Oh, I wish I had that picture. Man, that would have been perfect. Ah, There's this picture. It's a painting. I'll put it up on the Facebook thing. I'm so mad at myself. It is a picture of, uh, uh, I would say it's a middle-aged girl. That's not the point. And it's called Your First Minute in Heaven. And you see, you could tell she jumped on him, can't you? Even though it's a picture, just you see Jesus' head and there's light coming off him, you know, like the Renaissance. But she's just so exuberated, right? Like, ah! like Like a celebration, right? Like, my team didn't win the Super Bowl. I'm the quarterback of the team that won the Super Bowl. No, you see more joy in her face. And in that moment, you get it. And if you could see Jesus's face, do you know how happy he's going to be to see you? Oh my gosh, I want to set this place on fire right now. Seriously, do you know how happy he's going to be to see you? Do you, know, do you know who your biggest fan is on this planet? God, the one who knit, knitted you together. Oh, it's bouncing off you. Lord, help him to get it. You know what? Let's pray. Put your heads down. Thank you. I know I'm a looney tune and I'm animated up here, Father God. I get that. But help us, help us to get this, Father. Lord God, I mean, you, you, you came. I mean, you went literally, I almost said you're dying to do this for us, but you did. It's, it's a saying, but you did, Jesus. You died to show us our actual value. That other people, our, our people in our school, people in our families, they don't get to put value on us because you did, Lord. You've given us value. But well, Father... We're going to sing this next song, Lord God. Help us to realize that we are accepted, that you have wonderful thought to- thoughts toward us. You're a, you're a fan of ours. And help us to realize that you're shouting encouragement. In every hard situation, everything we have, you're there for us, cheering us on. Lord, we ask that you'd mend hearts that didn't have that, Father God. The void where some of us, our parents, you know, they made different choices, Lord God. I ask you to mend every heart that hears my voice right now and doesn't receive praise or think they're worthy of praise or encouragement. Help us to, to actually put you in that role in our lives, Lord God, of, of encourager and lifter of our heads. We thank Help us to hear your lovely thoughts toward us and help us to hear you relentlessly encouraging us to keep going in our strength. Just help us to step toward this, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's, all right, let's all, uh, let's all sing. Is it Reckless Love? I know everybody pretty much knows this song, but I want to recall to you that the writer of it, Corey Asbury, um, he, he, when he wrote it, some people didn't like that uh, he, he was calling God's love reckless. I've told you this before, but I heard him talk about it, and he says, It is reckless. It's reckless in the fact that it was going to cost him everything to love you.